The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perry columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, today we're welcoming back Paul Bennett, Paul's MD of Medallion Metals, and we caught up with them last year, which is uh, when they IPO'd. And I can report today they're trading at uh, 21.5 cents for a market cap of around $41 million. Now, as listeners from last year's podcast will know, it's a high-grade gold and copper-focused explorer. Its uh, focus is down Ravensthorpe Way in Western Australia. And just on uh, the gold and copper, gold, uh, I see overnight, got back through $1,800 an ounce. And with inflation fears uh, taking grip uh, around the world, the outlook is uh, for perhaps higher prices in coming months is truly there. I just make the point there, I was talking to Jake Klein from Evolution the other day, and he said anyone who's not happy with an Aussie A-dollar gold price of $2,500 plus, which is where it is, shouldn't be in the business. And copper, of course, at $440 a pound is knocking on record territory. So two commodities certainly worth looking for. Now, as I said, I've got Paul here to bring us up to date. There's been lots of action in uh, recent weeks and we're, we're getting a, a steady flow of drill results from the company. Uh, some of them, obviously, from last year, given the assay lab delays. But Paul, tell us uh, what, uh, what excitement you've had there in recent times from those uh, flow of exploration results? Yeah, thanks, Barry. Well, uh, the, the most recent results were released to the market uh, yesterday. Uh, they were from the Harbourview North project. Three holes we put out. The best of them was 16 metres at 9 grams with a sub-interval there of 5 at, at 26, uh, 2.1 at 11.7 and, and 4 at 3.2. So all relatively shallow, all outside the current feasibility study pit design. So we think they're going to have significant positive impact on the project economics and and the resource when it comes time to do the upgrade and generally you know we've we've been consistently releasing good results that are outside the existing resource estimate at the moment since we started drilling back in april of 2021 now i think it would be good for investors to know i think the overall strategy of the company is to work up a you know a case for to become a hundred thousand ounce producer uh, initially for seven years so you've uh, Got a substantial resource here already, uh, looks and signs that it's uh, continuing to grow. So I'm just wondering, uh, mineral resource estimate uh, has been flagged uh, for the March quarter. How's that going? Yeah, look, it's it's going well. The gem restored element of the database and the wireframe creation is done. It's off with our third party consultant. Gems significantly advanced. Harbour views coming along as well, and all of this is really driven. The timing of this will be driven by how quickly the assays come back to us. So we drilled approximately 29,000 metres of drilling in 2021. We've reported about 20,000 metres of that. So there's another 10,000 metres from the 2021 program in the lab. And we've seen turnaround times drift out from on average 30 days out to about 60. So I'm sure I'm sure that'll pick up after they've they've sort of gotten back from their 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 Christmas break and and back up and running again and we've drilled another 5,000 metres 2022 subsequent to that so yeah there's a lot of sample to come through but we want to we want to have approximately 30,000 metres of drilling in the database 
uh, informing the creation of those wireframes prior to completing that update, which we still expect. Uh, there's every chance we'll get it done by the end of March, but again, subject to the total SA turnaround times. So just remind people what the, the scale of the project, I think the global resource currently stands at 842,000 ounces. I'm pretty certain we'll get there, but at present it's 684 at 2.4 grams. And I just point out that 80% of that's in the indicator category and 92% of it's within 200 metres of surface. So it's well understood, high degree of certainty around that resource. But really, we have a, a strategy of we think internally that we need to get that resource to 1.5 million ounces. And the pretty basic logic there is that if half of that then converts to mine plan, that's seven to 800,000 ounces of gold in reserve. And that's that's 100,000 ounces of gold per annum of production for seven to eight years. In our view, that's a bankable project in WA in this market at the moment. So that's what we ultimately think we need to get to for this to be a rock-solid development proposition. One of the beauties of the project, of course, and talking about its bankability, is its location. Couldn't ask for a better location. Yeah, it's uh, 550 kilometres southeast of Perth. Um, the access, the infrastructure is outstanding. The community is really supportive. Um, you know, I've had a long association with the resources sector stretches back over a century and at the moment we've got first quantum operating the Ravenslook nickel operations there we've got all tech with the mount catlin spodumene project all on the doorstep of and, and neighbors of what we're doing so uh, everyone down there is very comfortable with with having uh, a minerals project operating in the in the local government area so yeah it's a great spot i take it much of the drilling with uh, that you've completed to date was uh, infill and extensional, but there has been some uh, exploration holes put down. I'm thinking of, uh, there was a reference uh, to some high-grade uh, interesting stuff at Ariel. Ariel's two kilometres north of the Cundit Mining Centre, so we plan to do 32,000 metres, and of that, approximately 26,000 metres was being diverted to the Cundit Mining Centre, which is the host to the known resources. So that was really an extensional program looking to grow those. We had another uh, 6,000 metres <clears throat> diverted in, in various ways to the regional exploration opportunity. And in, in round numbers, we had approximately 4,000 metres going to Ravenslope Gold Project regional targets. And the first one we drilled was Meridian. Uh, those results came out uh, early or late in, in 2021. Best hit there was, uh, uh, was a, a 11 metres at... Uh, sorry, it was... Um, it was five metres at 11 grams. So that was a first pass there. We, we demonstrated anomalous gold and, and, and sulphides in, in the holes for over 700 metres of strike. And we just had a diamond drill remobilised to Meridian in the last 24 hours. So we're, we're following up there with some, some downhole EM targets. So that's really promising. That's 21 kilometres uh, a long strike from where Cundip is. So it just illustrates that the, the Annabelle Volcanics, which is key to our asset, these are the rocks that have hosted all of the historic production, all of the known resources and prospectivity. Um, it's, it's live. It's a district-scale opportunity. So Meridian's, Meridian's um, being worked on. And then, as you mentioned, there's Ariel. It's only two kilometres north of Cundip, so it's a real you know, extensional satellite opportunity for us. Um, again, there'd been no bedrock drilling at Ariel, and this was our first crack at it beneath the regolith. And first hole back, I think, was uh, 26 metres at, uh, at one and a half grams. So that was a great result there. And, and 
we're still working on the planning of the next program, but there will be a drill there before the end of the quarter, I'd imagine. You mentioned the uh, Annabelle Volcanic Belt there. Do you, what's your coverage of that like? Yeah, we've we've got the dominant land holding in the Annabelle Volcanics. Um, we share it uh, to some degree with with Alltech, so at the, with the Mount Catlin project. And then uh, I've got a neighbour at track of it. We control roughly, as we understand it, 80% of those rocks. And there's there's a huge number of, of historical projects, mines that have been along that belt and other prospects that have never been followed up. So I think 130,000 ounces of historic gold production, it's 30,000 tonnes of historic copper production. So in, in gross value terms, that's roughly a 50-50 split between gold and copper out of these rocks historically. And at Cundip, at the, the, it's, it's certainly a gold-dominant project, but I think that's just indicative of the increased role that copper's going to play in the story as it plays out over time. You just mentioned there that uh, the Cundip's uh, uh, history. I just you've, you've drilled a lot of holes, a lot of metres. I was just wondering... If you look back on what you've, uh, well, what's reported back to you from the assay labs at this stage, that, that drilling that you've conducted, has it changed in any way your geological thinking about the area? It has, yeah. We targeted, I think, five structures that we were very confident in. And uh, I think probably the most significant change to what we expected to see is at the western end of the GEM prospect. Now, this is the, this is the first announcement that we put out. I think it was on the 12th of January this year. And we had some significant intercepts over 20 metres at, um, at, at quite high grades. Uh, and we haven't typically, Cundip's been um, relatively narrow. And by that, I mean, on average, about 1.8 metres uh, all body width. But we saw, we've started to see these much wider uh, ore zones at, at the western end of of gem and and that is changing things dramatically for us. We we haven't seen that before, um, and and there's a lot of thought going into what is actually going on um, there at the western end. So that that's a big change. It's a big positive development for us because obviously width and grade enable you to to really add some ounces to the resource profile. But um, we've also got a significant downhole EM conductor at depth there. So very positive um, in terms of how that's developing. Um, and then with the other prospects, Harbourview, uh, Gem Restored, all all demonstrating that open along strike, open at depth, um, and and we we that they remain open, and and that's what we were looking to demonstrate through this extensional program that we set about doing in 2021 um, was just to demonstrate that these things were open. Um, I think the ounce per vertical metre profile at Cunda peaks at about 5,000 ounces per metre, um, 100 metres below surface. And we're adding data within that entire profile at depth and along strike. So if you think about that 5,000 ounce per vertical metre profile being able to be maintained to a depth of 500 metres below surface, which is still relatively shallow for an Archean gold load system, then it starts to get really significant in terms of scale and, and significance uh, in terms of gold and copper projects in WA. So it's we haven't closed anything off. Um, the drilling in 2021 was predominantly extensional, so outside of the of the known resources. And then I think 
2022 is going to be more about coming back and infilling. It's a platform on, upon which we come back and, and infill the high grade, better width areas that we've identified through this part of the program. Alluding there, of course, to the upside, but I was just wondering if you look at uh, your peers out there and uh, rough calculation, they've all got enterprise values per resource ounce of, say, more than $120. You guys are back at around 50 What's the story there? And how do you close that valuation difference? <laughs> uh, look, it's extremely frustrating. I think 50 is, you know, in round numbers where we're at. I think historically the, the knocks on the project have been scale and metallurgy and we're seeking to address the scale issue obviously through the, the through the drilling program there'll be a resource update in the first half of this year that'll go some way to addressing that problem if it gets above one million ounces i think that then that crosses a threshold at that point um, people have to take notice of the asset at that at that stage and then there's the metallurgy and we've put some put out the historical results of the significant banks of metallurgical test work that have been done there over, over the journey. And it's demonstrated that using industry standard process techniques, so leaching and, and flotation, we can consistently generate high gold recoveries um, in all of the lithological profiles at all of the deposits. Now, we've got GR Engineering um, helping us with uh, mapping out the way forward there. Uh, we think Cundip has it, – it's, it's an analogy for Silver Lake's deflector project, specifically as it relates to uh, the mineralogy and more generally as it relates to scale. And GR built the deflector plant and they recently completed the upgrades there. So they're really well placed to assist us with the metallurgy. But we think that Ravensthal will have a process route that replicates deflector and obviously Silver Lake have done a wonderful job demonstrating to the market the value of that asset. So that hopefully begins to uh, educate investors that, that this is not, uh, it's not a complex metallurgical issue. Um, notwithstanding, there's, there's, there's copper in play, which is, which is unusual in WA, I think. Um, and so when those two things are, are addressed, uh, I think that's, they're the significant de-risking milestones for us and, 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 and we'll continue to uh, put out those good drill, drill results, demonstrate the ore bodies open at depth and a long strike. And I think then we'll begin to move through that curve. Um, you, know, you see us, we're down on the right-hand side if we're graphed from the, from the really the, the high performers down to the right-hand side where we are. We'll begin to move through that curve if we just keep um, de-risking the project, stay on the path that we're on at the moment. Oh, you're right about deflectors. Those early met concerns investors had have been swept aside, of course, with Silver Lake's um, successful development there. And I noticed that uh, you've got Tony James on the board, haven't you? He was uh, a deflector in the early days, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. Tony, uh, Tony gave me my first job, uh, what seems like a, a lifetime ago, um, at the Telford Gold Mine um, back in the '90s. And Tony and I have remained good friends and associates over the over the journey and he, and he came along and agreed to join us uh, when we looked at floating medallion and obviously he has a very deep understanding of the deflector asset because he was managing director of mutiny when they were the stewards of that of that asset and so um, you know he recognizes that analogy he agrees with it so he's quite comfortable with the way that we're we're addressing those risks so that's an important endorsement and uh, I think GR generally support that as well. And we'll, we'll put some information out in, in the not-too-distant future that 
it spells out GR's findings in relation to the Met, and I think it'll it'll draw that analogy uh, even more strongly than we can. Uh, just a quick word on the nickel. Um, you parlayed your nickel interest across into the recent IPO nickel search. Uh, what was the, th- the theory behind that? Yeah, yeah. So we've we we had Rav Eight, which is an historic uh, nickel sulphide producer. Uh, in the portfolio and, uh, and and a number of other tenements that straddle what's known as the Bandalup Ultramafix, and the, these are immediately to the east of the gold of the Annabelle Volcanics, which we're, we're absolutely focused on. And people viewed RAV8 as a, a liability, I think, uh, on the balance sheet. It was, it was on there as a $2 million liability, and our neighbours AML had the other portions of the Bandalup Ultramafix, and so it made sense for us to get together form nickel search, put those tenements back together. So they've now essentially got the, the full belt tied up and uh, and get that business funded. And it's it, it hasn't been explored for a long period of time. We're really excited about um, what $10 million can yield there in terms of new discovery. And um, nickel search has assembled a a fantastic management team there, um, and they're going to hit the ground running in 2022. So, yeah, um, watch this space. Um, we've turned that from a liability, as I said, into a into a, I think it's a three and a half million dollar asset uh, on the balance sheet at the moment with a ton of upside. So we're really pleased about the way that's going. Mm-hmm. And I think your equity interest going forward is about 15 percent. 15 percent. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You just mentioned uh, uh, the uh, Rav Eight deposit. To this day. Every time I see a Toyota Rav on the road, I, I think to myself, "Oh, Rav Eight, which is <laughs> a lot of people say that." So Western Mining and and um, and Pickers Mather did a lot of work in the '60s and '70s down there, looking for um, nickel laterite and nickel sulfides, and and you know that's where that's where First Quantum's asset came from was all of that work. That's where Rav Eight came from, but the Rav targets are just an abbreviation for Ravensthorpe, and um, there's there's a number of them, you know, Rav up to eighteen, I think. Uh, and that's all in the nickel search portfolio now. Okay, so it's a good time to uh, bring it all together, Paul. If we could give uh, investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in coming months. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll be undertaking another uh, ten to ten to twelve thousand meters of drilling in the first half of 2022 at Cundip and on the regional assets. Uh, we've got that ten thousand meters of drilling, which is still in the lab. And these results are going to continue to flow on a consistent basis right through the first half of 2022. And, you know, we, we, we really like what we're seeing coming off the drill rig uh, at this point in time. So we're confident that those will continue to build the story that, uh, that there's a lot of growth to come uh, from the resources down there. And then we will update uh, the mineral resource estimate in hopefully the first quarter of, of 2022 and you know, it'd be a tremendous for us to clear that threshold of one million ounces. I think that puts us on the map as an as an asset of scale and significance in WA. So um, yeah, that that's coming in 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 the next month or two. Okay, and you would move into pre feasibility studies then, or yeah, I think we, as I said before, we 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 need to get it to one point five. I think if you if you pair that back to half of the resources convert to mine plan, which is pretty typical. Um, so there's another phase of drilling that needs to go on. We need to keep two, dr- two drill rigs, and I think there's a case building for us to have three, possibly four rigs on site on a consistent basis right through 2022 and really get that push towards that 1.5 million ounce 
uh, number, at which point you know, it starts to build a pretty bulletproof development case. Okay, there we go, folks. A developing story at Medallion. Um, lots of drilling results to look out for from uh, the 21 program and obviously the results that will come from uh, the ongoing exploration there. So across the uh, two commodities, Garen Perra probably likes best, gold and copper, so we'll be watching with interest. So with that, thanks for your time to say, Paul, and uh, best of luck with it all. Pleasure, Barry. Thanks for having me. Cheers. See ya.